Good morning. Our scripture readings this morning are from Proverbs and from John. If you take your pew Bible, you'll find Proverbs 8 found on page 532, and we can read along together. So from God's word about wisdom, Proverbs 8, 22 through 36, the Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago, I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields or the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limits, so that the waters might not transgress his commands. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him, like a master workman. When I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighted delighting in the children of man. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear my instructions and be wise. Do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me Inquires himself, injures himself. All who hates me loves death. And the New Testament reading from John, chapter 1, 1 through 5. The Word become flesh, became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Let us go before the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word the truth, the light that has been written down that we can read, that we can understand, not that somebody has to tell us the story, but that we can read and we can comprehend it for ourselves through your spirit, Lord. This word tells us who you are and who you are forever, how you have made everything, how you have made us, and how from the beginning of time you've had a plan for us we thank you so much for your grace, Lord, that you have called us and have made us aware of this. So, Lord, we take the time now to just give you the, all the thanks, the glory, and praise that you're, you are due, you're due. We thank you for your Son, our Savior, Jesus, Lord, and how his, uh, he is the light, and he is uh, our true salvation, Lord. Lord, we thank you so much for the camp, Camp Wabana, its ministry, Lord. We pray for those campers this summer that will come and maybe hear the word for the first time. 
Lord, we would just pray for the counselors there who minister to them, Lord, that their words would be the words of, your, of you through your spirit, Lord, that they would uh, hear the gospel, if not for the first time, but in a different way that they can confess that you are God and that uh, Jesus is now their Lord and Savior. Lord, We thank you for that ministry there. Lord, we just pray for your uh, continued blessing upon them as they move forward sharing uh, the good news. Lord, we thank you so much for Madison and her great recovery. Lord, we just pray that you would be with her um, in the coming weeks and months and years, Lord. Um, thank you so much for a great talent that she is. And uh, we thank you for the doctors who have uh, definitely been blessed with your uh, the ability to, uh, to work on a human body. Lord, we pray now for Nick as he gets ready to come and bring your word, Lord. We pray that uh, your words would be echoed through him. We pray that you would open our ears and our eyes and our hearts, that we would understand and comprehend what it is that you have for us this morning, Lord. And as always, Lord, all of our pastors, as they come and bring your word to us, and uh, we know that they will be assaulted, Lord, we pray your continued protection upon them and their families. And it's all in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Well, I invite you to turn in your Bible to back to John chapter 1. We're continuing our series in the Gospel of John called The Gospel of Belief. Two weeks ago, we learned about the purpose of the Gospel of John, and it's this. It's from John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of, it, of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That's the purpose. It's right there at the end of the book. And through that, we see throughout the beginning chapters and all the way through that this is what God is leading us to, to, to see Jesus clearly, to put our trust in him, and to have life in his name. Last week, we learned about Jesus in ages past. In verses 1 and 2 of chapter 1, we saw that Jesus always was. He did not have a beginning. He has always been. It's beyond our comprehension. Uh, but Jesus has always existed. The Son of God has always existed. He's the creator, as we'll see this morning. Jesus was with God, and Jesus was always God. We, we see here clearly the divinity of Christ. Jesus is God. Our God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, three persons, one essence, one God. Now this morning we're talking about life in the dark, light and darkness. Now when I thought about life in the dark, man, there's so many different examples that you can see. Light and darkness are such prominent themes. They're, they're simple in a way. But I thought about the movie Tangled. Who knows that movie Tangled? Or are you familiar with the, the, the story of Rapunzel? You know Rapunzel with the long hair. She's in the tower. She's trapped up there, but she doesn't really know that she's trapped up there. She's there with uh, Mother Gothel, who's not really her mother, but Gothel is living her life. She is keeping her, her youth, her youthful look through Rapunzel, and Gothel must keep her there in that tower. So she is hidden from the outside world. Uh, but eventually Flynn Rider comes and they hatch a plan and they, and they get out of there. And eventually Rapunzel sees the light, right? You know the beautiful song, At Last I See the Light. 
uh, as if the fog is lifted. Um, we need to see the light. Rapunzel needed to see the light to see who she really was. She was really the, the daughter of the king and queen. She was the princess. And, and for us today, we need to see the light. We need to see the light to know who we are. We need to see the light to know our creator. Even John Calvin said, true knowledge of God is true knowledge of self. And true knowledge of self is true knowledge of God. And there is darkness in this world. There's darkness in our understanding. Even this past week, can you think about times that you were confused? There were times when you didn't know what to do. There were times where uh, it wasn't clearly It wasn't clear to see what was going on. But we see here today, this is the main message, brothers and sisters. Jesus overcomes the darkness by shining his light. Jesus overcomes the darkness by shining his light. And we're going to look at this in three main ideas. First, the word who creates. We see at the beginning of chapter 1 that the word is with God. And that this word is Jesus. He is the word who creates. Look with me again at verse 3. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. We see clearly that John chapter 1 is reflecting back on Genesis 1. If you're familiar with Genesis 1, Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But now in John chapter 1, we see additional information and with a special purpose, as we just talked about with John chapter 20 and the purpose of leading us to faith and life in Jesus. What we didn't know before in Genesis 1 is that Jesus was there. His name isn't mentioned in Genesis 1, but in John 1, we are given more information. We see that the Son of God was there. Jesus was there creating. He was doing the creating. Uh, One scholar said, simply, verse 3 insists that positively and negatively, that the word was God's agent in the creation of all that exists. Jesus was there making it all. And we see this point also made clearly in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. Just listen with me. He, Jesus, is the, invis- is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. Um, All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Now think about this for a moment. Consider the implications of this truth for you personally and specifically. Jesus made everything that you see. Abraham Kuyper famously said, There is not a square inch in the whole domain of our whole human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, Mine. It all belongs to Jesus. Your life belongs to Him. Your education belongs to Him. Your abilities, your aspirations and dreams, your friendships, your money, and all your possessions belong to Jesus. When this comes upon us when we realize that this is the truth that changes the way that we see everything. Everything and everyone that you see exists to glorify Jesus Christ because they were made by him. Think about the story of the rich young ruler in the Gospels. Remember, he, he comes to Jesus, he falls down at his feet, and he says, 
Good teacher, what must I gain to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, you know the commandments. Uh, honor your father and mother. Uh, don't defraud. Don't do all these things. And remember the young man said, all these I have kept since I was a boy. And what did Jesus say? He said, one thing you lack, go sell all that you have and give it to the poor and then come follow me. And at this, the man's face fell and he went away sad because what? He had great wealth. Friends, this rich young man didn't realize that all that he had belonged to Jesus. All that he had belonged to his creator. And if there was anything that God asked It was okay. But this man loved his possessions more than he loved Jesus, more than he loved his creator. He wasn't willing to sacrifice. But then contrast that with the woman who anointed Jesus close before his death. It says this in Matthew 26. Now when Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, a woman came up to him with an alabaster flask, a very expensive ointment, and she poured it on his head as he reclined at table. And when the disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this could have been sold for a large sum and given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you trouble this woman? For she has done a beautiful thing for me. For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. In pouring this ointment on my body, she has done it to prepare me for burial." Truly I say to you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. There is no gift too great to give to Jesus because he created everything. He is the Lord of all. He is worthy of all praise. He is worthy of every sacrifice that he calls us to make. He's worthy. He's the creator. He's the Lord. And when we see this, it changes us. Uh, What does this mean? It means that Jesus is our powerful creator. And as his creatures, we are accountable to him, right? If he made everything, we belong to him. It changes our attitude. It changes the trajectory of our very life. And this truth prepares us for the next point. The word who creates is also the word who illuminates. Think about that word illuminate. It sheds light. Look with me at verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Here we see that Jesus, source of life and creation, he is the source of life and creation. He made everything. He spoke everything into existence through his word. But here we see him doing a new kind of creation. Again, we've got Genesis 1 in the background. This should be in our minds. John, the gospel writer, is showing us that Jesus was there but that he's doing this new work of creation. There's something else that must be done because there is a problem. A little later in the Gospel of John, in chapter 5, it says this, For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. But this life brings light. How so? As I said, to illuminate means to shed light. Jesus is life itself. He speaks and things are made. And this life, this speaking brings light to us. Think even back to Genesis 1. Verses 3 through 5, actually the same verses that we looked at. Now, 
There weren't verses back when the Bible was written. Those came much later, but I thought it was kind of interesting that the passage that we're looking at is 1 through 5. And Genesis 1 through 5 says something very significant about Jesus. Genesis 1, 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and he called the darkness night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. The very first thing that God did was create light. The first day, he creates light, separates the light from the darkness. And Jesus, in this work of new creation, he's bringing life to people. He's bringing life to men and women and children so that they would see who they are. Now, what do we see? We see that Jesus is the source of life and that he gives us insight into who we are and insight into who he is. Some of you are familiar with the term Easter eggs, not Easter eggs really that we maybe uh, found around our yard last month, but Easter eggs, or was that this month? No, last month was Easter. Um, Easter eggs in the sense of like what you see in a video or what you see in a movie. Uh, I looked this up on the internet and uh, that concept came from a movie in the 70s where the, the cast did an Easter egg hunt and they hid the eggs so well that they didn't find them all. And then throughout the movie you can see different Easter eggs throughout. And this idea has been picked up where you see uh, something in a movie or something in a show where the, the director or the writer put something there so that the true fans, the ones who would really uh, are, are committed and really love a show or a movie, that they'll see something special and unique and it's satisfying. They're like, yeah, I know, I know something that maybe other people don't know. Uh, but God, in a sense, put Easter eggs in the Old Testament, in his Old Testament revelation about light and life. And if you know what these are, They help you to see Jesus. Now, I'm going to try something. I'm going to read to you several short passages from the Old Testament. I'm I'm going to say them relatively quickly, but I just want them to wash over you as you think about light and life that God brings and how these things point forward to what Jesus does when he comes. Psalm 4, 6. There are many who say, who will show us some good? Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. Psalm 13, 3, consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Psalm 18, 28, for it is you who light my lamp. The Lord, my God, lightens my darkness. Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 36, 9, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light do we see light. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Isaiah 60, the sun shall be no more your light by day, nor by brightness shall the moon give you light. But the Lord will be your everlasting light and your God will be your glory. Your sun shall no more go down, nor your moon withdraw itself. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of mourning shall be ended. 
So that was about seven or eight short passages from the Old Testament. But here's one from, from the New Testament that brings it all into focus. 2 Corinthians, 2 4.6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. When we see Jesus clearly, when we see that he is the son of God, the creator, our Lord, our redeemer, the one who is bringing new creation, the one who brings new life, we see the light, we see the life that Jesus gives to us. We see it in the face of Jesus in what he, who he is and what he does. So I ask you this morning, are you looking for light? Are you looking for life? Are you looking for understanding? Truly, Jesus brings light and life to people, to you and to me, if we're willing to look to him. So now we've seen that the word who creates also illuminates. He brings life because he has life in himself, and he brings light. He brings understanding. He shows us who we are if we're but willing to listen and believe him. Finally, the word who overcomes. This is verse 5. Look at this with me. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not yet, has not overcome it. Just as light was separated from darkness in the beginning, there is a kind of darkness that must be overcome. Now, in Genesis, light and darkness weren't personal, but here we see in the Gospel of John that it is personal because it's people, it's our attitude that pushes away from our creator. You would think that when the creator comes, the creatures would say, yes, Lord, I worship you. Uh, You're the one that I've been waiting for. But as we see throughout the gospel of John, as Jesus has conversations with people and word spreads about him, not everybody's excited about him. And it's not because of a lack of knowledge. In fact, Sadly, those who had the most knowledge, the most revelation from God's word, often those were the ones who were pushing him away. They were the ones who were making excuses. So it shows us that it's not merely being smart. It's about your heart. It's about my heart. Are we willing to submit to our creator? Are we willing to follow the evidence where it takes us? Jesus came and fulfilled everything that God said the Messiah would do, the promised one would do. Some received him, others did not. And there is darkness to be overcome, not physically, but spiritually. It's this darkness within us that wants to push God away and keep him out of our life, keep him from seeing what's going on in our hearts. Later in John chapter 3, it says, Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Again, the light shouldn't be a problem except for the fact that our hearts are evil. Our hearts naturally turn away from God. It's a hard concept to accept. It humbles you. We all want to say, I'm good. I'm great. I'm I'm wonderful. Uh, You are made in God's image. You do have dignity and worth and value. But to see things through the eyes of the creator is what we need to do. In order to be restored to God, in order to have light and life, we need to accept what he says about our situation. We all want to think that we're all good, but Jesus comes in humility but in power, saying that there is something wrong with humanity, and it's our sin. 
It's that we've rebelled against the holy God. It's that we've tried to live apart from him, that we've tried to be happy and holy apart from him. Later in John chapter 12, Jesus says, I have come into the world as a light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. The same Jesus who exposes our darkness is the one who comes and is willing to give us light. He doesn't just point out our fault. He says, I am your light. When you trust in me, you see things as they are. You see me as the perfect savior. You see your need as a sinner. And you see that, I, that Jesus is willing to forgive you. He's willing to give you life and light. We see that Jesus overcomes the darkness in us when we believe. This darkness in us is not something that we can solve. This darkness is not something that uh, we can just get over ourselves. Jesus needs to come as the creator to shed his light. Just as he separated light from darkness in the beginning, he needs to shed light into our hearts that we might see Jesus and trust in him and have new life in him. So what happens when we believe? I think of the testimony of Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass from the 1800s. He was born into slavery on the eastern shore uh, near Easton. He was separated from his mother as a child. Uh, He was abused terribly by his master. Uh, Later on in his youth, he was sent to Baltimore by way of Annapolis. He, He was sent over and stopped in Annapolis for a little while and then went up to Baltimore when he was about 10 years old. But when he was a teenager, he heard the preaching of the gospel. He was involved in a church and even though he, he had heard some of the truth, it was at that point in time as a young teenager when he saw his need, when he saw the darkness in his own heart that he needed forgiveness of sins and that only Jesus could cleanse him from his sins. He realized that he needed the saving grace found in Christ alone and he began to follow Jesus. And it was his Christian faith that motivated him for the rest of his life to fight for the abolition of slavery. And then after that, for the securing of civil rights for African Americans. And if you are an ardent Republican, so is he. Um, This is what God does. God works in his people to change them as his light sheds in our darkness, as he forgives our sins, as he cleanses us, as he helps us to see how things really are. It begins to change us. He gives us new life. Now, uh, because of the light of Jesus, because it shines, then the darkness of our sin will not overcome us. If you don't yet believe in Jesus, come into his light. Come to him. He is gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. He is willing for all to come. If you already believe in Jesus, remember that coming into the light is not a one-time thing. We don't just come to Jesus once and then that's it. Some of us have been walking around in darkness. There are still pockets of darkness in our lives that the light of Jesus needs to shed upon. It's really, it's maddening. It's the worst kind of life to live, to live as a Christian, but to still have pockets of darkness in your life. If that's you, I have good news for you. Jesus is willing to shed light on those things too. He says, come into the light. I will show it for what it is, but I will forgive you. I will cleanse you. I will give you new life. Come into the light of Jesus and you will overcome. 
We need the light of Jesus because we live in the dark without him. That's how I started. Life in the dark is the life of, our, it's our life without Christ. We think we can see, but we really can't see. But Jesus comes and sheds light. He gives us life. One last passage, 1 John 5. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? So friends, come to him. Trust in him. Let him, let him see what's there. He does see what's there. He says, bring it to me. I will forgive you. I show it for what it is, but I will forgive you. And he gives you new life. He gives you new life as you trust in him. It's called being born again. It's God giving you a new life with new desires. And he has the power to do that because he is the creator. And he is engaged in this work of new creation, starting in us now, and then it's going to expand to all creation. So brothers and sisters, trust in him today. If you've never trusted in him, look to him now. He is willing to save, forgive, and heal, and give you life. So let's go to him in prayer right now. Lord, you are faithful and true. Uh, You bring light and you bring life. We ask, Lord, that you would bring healing in this place, in the heart of every person, in the life of every person. Lord, we need you uh, to see ourselves clearly, to see you, to have your life within us. Help us, Lord, to receive it by faith. Help us, Lord, to believe that you are changing us and you will make us more and more uh, to be like you. That is really living in the light. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.